The Other Side podcast mission is to discuss important cultural and social issues relating to race, culture, gender, and equality. Hello, thanks for joining us again for another episode of The Other Side podcast. I'm Scott Kirk here with Lucas Sullivan, and this is the second part of our two-part interview with Columbus City Schools board member, James Raglan. James, I'm glad that you... Perfect segue into my next question. I'm glad that you you brought up urban neighborhoods, urban districts, and um, tax dollars, property tax dollars. You supported the creation of a downtown development district for the trolley barn. For those who don't know, there there's a trolley barn. It's like 200 years old. It's in a neighborhood in Columbus. It was recently purchased. It's in the process of being renovated. And so basically, the district struck a deal with the developer that the property taxes that would normally go to CCS for the next 30 years will basically be the developer will be allowed to put those those funds into some projects that like a market, a fresh produce market and some other things. My question to you is, given that the this this particular neighborhood is already being gentrified, why would you support potentially losing out on millions of dollars of funding to go towards things like HVAC and roofs and the things that you just named for Columbus City students for a project that ultimately probably will end up forcing a lot of those those kids in that neighborhood who probably go to Columbus City Schools? They're probably going to have to move eventually because they're going to get priced out of the neighborhood. So I'm just asking, why would you support essentially giving away tax dollars for a private project that is essentially gentrifying the neighborhood. Certainly. We're getting nothing from that property right now. Okay. Nothing. The district gets nothing. If this project that renovates that entire facility goes away and they're not able to build it, we would continue to get nothing. And so... What makes you think that they wouldn't develop it without the, the tax abatement? They said that they wouldn't. And so it made sense to me. And the other thing is there have been several attempts at getting this project up and running over the years, and none of them have materialized. And so everyone says, well, it's it's easy. You know, all the developer has to do is come to you and say that they're not going to do it without it. Well, we've had several attempts at this property, and none of them have been as viable as the deal that we were presented with. Now, regarding our students being priced out of that neighborhood, I don't agree with that. I think that families in neighborhoods that are gentrifying should grow with the neighborhoods. We don't have to just accept being in poverty forever. Get out of it. Let's get these folks some jobs. Let's get them some health care. Let's get them some improved quality housing. And let's allow them to grow with the community as it grows around them. But, James, you're in the business of education. How does this help education? It helps education because we, within that community, will start to get some tax dollars from that specific entity. We've got benefits that are tied into the trolley barn itself. You get an improved community where more folks consider maybe African-American folks who currently live in Gehenna might consider this community a viable option for them to bring and raise their children and their family, send their kids to East High School and some of the other schools that we have in this community. But you improve a community, you improve the lifestyle of the students who are currently walking past a vacant property with all types of criminal activity, rodent-infested, you know, neighborhood. It's a bad place that's going to be something productive 
within that community. There's all types of benefits for it. Now, if we're getting nothing from the property now and we continue to get nothing, then why is that not a benefit to the district? Tax abatements have become a point of contention in the district, which doesn't happen in a lot of places. But you had teachers protesting at City Hall back when they were fighting for a contract on the amount of tax dollars that they say are diverted away from the schools and back to developers who have, these are teachers speaking now, tons of money, and to Scott's question, may have developed the property anyway without a 75% tax abatement for 15 years, and you have money being diverted from the district. And so their point is, is that while Columbus and, and the downtown and the city may be sharing in this success, the district has not been able to share in that success because of these tax abatements. And I know some people may not know this. You spent a considerable amount of time in City Hall working for city council people who discussed this issue. And I'm wondering, where do you fall now that you're in this chair Certainly. on teachers saying, hey, maybe we don't need to tax abate everything. Maybe you need to start funneling some of that money back to us. Well, the way I look at it, the businesses that are coming and growing in our community should be hiring Columbus residents with the jobs that they create through these tax abatements. And I've had conversations with not just uh, Mayor Ginther, but you know pretty much everyone on city council about my desire to see businesses that come into our community give these jobs to Columbus residents. The majority of the money that we get as a district comes from property taxes. And if we have more home buyers, if we improve the neighborhoods themselves where our homes are, because Columbus residents are getting some of these livable wage jobs and higher and, and higher, then I think that, that that is the way to go with it. So for me, what I would have ideally, if you've got a corporation that comes in and they're providing 100 livable wage jobs in order to get an abatement, for me, I'd like to see a very high percentage of those jobs be designated to residents of the city of Columbus. But James, just on the face, I mean, come on, man, like level with us here. What you just talked to Scott about the trolley, there was a need for an abatement there. You could make a case. Sure. You made the case. Absolutely. No one was doing anything. You need to maybe entice, dangle a carrot to get someone to develop it. What happened at Easton and uh, supposedly the district, I know you weren't on the school board at the time, but the district signed off on tens of millions of dollars over a period of years in an area that was already un was attracting significant development. That money was taken right out of the pockets of, of the district. And in return, the city basically gave a small percentage back to the district. But if you can make a case there, and the, the exact opposite case, I wonder if where you fall on it, where in areas where there doesn't need to be a carrot, but these carrots are given, and meanwhile, you can't get HVAC systems in schools, you got the alternative school that's that's needed repair or base, maybe demolished and rebuilt for 25 years, but yet you see these areas that all these corporations are already invested in getting more abatements to continue their investment and to continue their continue their business model. Now, from my understanding of the Easton deal, a lot of those resources were diverted back to the lending community. Am I correct on that? That's true. Okay, so you've got some community development, creative thinking around community uh, uh, but development. But a percentage. Oh, okay. It, it's, was, it's, it wasn't a full it wasn't a full match. Okay. Well it wasn't a full match, but from my understanding of that deal 
there were monies that were sent back to a community that is in desperate need of redevelopment. Now, for me, that gives an eye towards some of the things that I would like to see as far as abatements are concerned as well. One of the things that I felt was good about the Trolley Barn redevelopment project was that it was in a community that is not getting these types of projects in it. I've asked specifically to see more of these abatement projects occur in the hilltop, see more of these abatement projects occur in Linden. I don't necessarily have a need to see another one of these types of things being done in a community that is already there. I think you're kind of saying that and saying that, well, Easton's already developed and, you know, they could probably do some different things there. But the part that I did like about the deal is that there were some resources diverted back to the Linden community that otherwise may not have gone there. The more we do of that and the more that we couple that with providing jobs for the folks that live here, I think you're going to start to see more comprehensive gains in the development project. Now, the teachers and their protest for tax abatements is kind of a squirrely issue for me. If you think about it, they were protesting Cover My Meds as a part of a citywide political campaign that included not just the school board and five seats that were open on the school board, but also city council. And there were some seats that were open on city council the teachers got together and, you know, and protested an entity that's providing, you know, quite a few jobs here in town and put a lot of investment into the redevelopment of a site. Now, mind you, the district gets a majority of its resources from property taxes. Right. Now, 70% of our teachers don't pay Columbus property taxes. Mm-hmm. And so for me, unless all of those teachers who were protesting are a part of that 30% that are paying property taxes here in Columbus and sending their students to Columbus schools. You know, I've got a kind of a jaundiced eye about, you know, abating or having a protest of an, of a property tax that you're not paying yourself. Now, so I you live think in Columbus. it was hypocritical? No, I don't. I'm not saying it was hypocritical. I do believe that their, their intentions were to uh, say that we need more resources here in the district. What you would agree with or no? Of course we need more resources. Okay. Of course we need more resources. But we need to make certain that we're spending those resources that we do have wisely. So for me, what I want to see is efficiency. Are we spending as much as we can in Columbus with businesses that hire our parents, that hire our residents, that help improve our communities inside 270, inside Columbus boundaries? If we are 100 percent efficient or as efficient as we can be in doing that, then I think we can talk about more resources that we would need and where they would come from. However, It's about job creation for me, as far as these abatements are concerned. And when we are giving residents of the city these jobs, I think we're maximizing the potential Mm -hmm. of them. Now, not every abatement is the same, right? Each one of them comes with a different set of incentive packages for the district, a different set of incentives for the greater community. We right now are engaged in creating a task force that's going to be set under the Finance and Appropriations Committee of the Columbus City Schools that will look at every single tax abatement that we have coming down the pike to determine if the incentive packages that we are getting from these companies that are getting these large abatements is conducive to the success of our students. And so the way that things have been done in the past, it's really kind of been district staff that is really looking at the nuts and bolts of these things, weighing what we need academically, weighing what we may need on capital concerns or anything like that. But what we're trying to promote and what we're going to do as this new board, 
we're going to have a task force of not just district staff, not just board members, but community residents and others who can give us input around what the community needs. So when we get a tax abatement that comes to us, and there's relatively few that we have to vote Mm. on, but when we get one that's large enough that comes to us, there is weigh-in from the entire community around what it is that we would like to see. You mentioned you know, some capital improvements for the abatements. Those are, th- those are the types of things that we are going to begin discussing. You mentioned some of the other things that we may need academically. Those are the types of things that we're going to be putting on the table, but it's a different model of leadership under this board now to have some community input throughout the entire process. I just got one big thing I didn't know. It's completely off topic. We recently had a report that some districts in Ohio were arming teachers with guns. Never. I'd never support that. I would never support that. Okay, so then the then the follow up question that is then how do you protect students and teachers? For me, there are all types of devices and strategies that we need to be looking at and implementing to make sure that we are protecting our students. And we're talking about from a mass attack, like from, yes, they're, they're arming teachers to be able to stop a shooter or someone trying to I would never, arm students. I would never support teachers with guns in our classrooms. What about administrators? I would never support administrators. If you are not a trained officer of the law, then I don't believe that you need to be inside of a school building with a weapon. And that is just, you know, and and for me, I am willing to support and engage in any conversation or study that we could undertake to comprehensively protect every one of our students. You will never see me vote for arming teachers or administrators now could the discussion become more school resource officers you know inside of our buildings i think we should discuss that now what does that mean for me within that discussion i would want our school resource officers to be trained more with our school security staff so that they understand that inside our buildings is a different environment than when you are out on the streets dealing with the general public And so if you're going to be a school resource officer, the one thing that I would support is a bit more comprehensive training on school safety tactics with our security officers so that they would be working in concert with our security team. Now, Dr. Dixon did something very smart. She came on board and brought on another, you know, I believe it was 30 or more school security officers that we're putting inside of our buildings. And we could still use more of them. But you mentioned around arming folks within our buildings, and I would, you know, gladly support a conversation with the mayor around and city council around bringing more school resource officers in. But that would have to be coupled with a bit more comprehensive training on tactics inside the buildings Mm. that really allow our officers to identify the fact that they are in a school and a school is a special place. It's a different environment and you cannot just use the same tactics that you use in engaging the public on the street that you would use inside of a school. And I think our school safety people are the ones that can help properly address and lead that discussion. I'm never going to support arming teachers. Never. I just got one quick question before we let you get out of here, James. Sure. Um, it's, Real simple, yes or no, yes or no answer. Nothing uh, simple. Nothing's ever simple. It's never yes or no. I need no you to James. help. 
Real simple. Do you have any larger um, political ambitions, like maybe running for mayor one day? And before you answer, I don't want to hear that all you've ever wanted to do was be on the school board and you've never thought past that. I don't want to hear that. Just, no, everyone knows that. that okay. Because <laughs> you know everyone, how you ask people, no, and they're like, oh, no, I'm just doing this right now. And this no, is all I've ever wanted. I think there's very few people okay. in this city who believe that this is my last stop. Okay. The thing that I have told people, because everyone has asked me, I mean, there's there's been you know quite a few people. Anytime I have a discussion about the schools, it always ends with this question. Well, what's next for you? Right now, I need to be doing the best job that I possibly can do being a board member for Columbus City Schools. What that means for me is by the time it's time for me to look at anything else, I will have improved these schools exponentially so that any person in the city will be able to point to Columbus City Schools and say, James Raglan and that board has made a tremendous impact on this school district and every student in this city. It will not be sitting in place and moving on because I you know, he, I said, he said yes or, or no, James. No, and you said <laughs> that it's not a yes or no question. <laughs> right. And After you co Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, you, I said, you, you, hey, no, I you said nothing with light. you is a yes you, or no you question. You gave me the green light. But see, listen, though. The thing becomes, Thanks, James. you don't get people to vote for you without producing results for them. What I want to do is move Columbus City Schools from a low-rated district to the highest-rated urban district in the country. Now, that's a very difficult task. What about air conditioning? Can we get that first? Sure, absolutely. That's a part of it. That is that is a part. And of then it. once they get air conditioning, you'll run for mayor. <laughs> well, is that we that's is we that we've got, got a mayor we've got a mayor that's is doing that, a pretty good job right now. And so, I mean, you, you know, just said if you accomplish these goals, if you improve the district exponentially, then you'll be ready for that next step. I'm just trying to figure out what is the next step. It's all in God's will. For me, I'm not, no, listen, it is, it is all in God's will because, listen, I've run for mayor before. But you could say, I have an interest in being mayor one day. I mean, he already ran for mayor. I've already run. I mean, again, I mean, as in like, this is something something, I'm planning to do again. There's, I mean, it, it can be God's plan, but you can also have a desire to do that. No, I have not lost my desire to lead. Okay. God has provided me with an opportunity to do this. And, you know, what I want to do is be the best Columbus City Schools board member that I can be and allow that opportunity to present whatever else happens. For me, I've got a lot of work to do without worrying about where I'm going to be in, you know, 10, 12 years. Um, There are so many babies that need my support, that need my advocacy, that need my voice unapologetically right now and I would betray their needs if I'm sitting there not thinking directly about what I have to do for them and I'm thinking about my political future you can't leverage your political future as a school board member you know on the backs of kids you've got to make sure that you have done everything in your power to improve their lives and that's all you need to be focused on you know what right you can run on for mayor I got air conditioning in the schools. <laughs> I don't think that would that well, alone. You could. Would you could listen. Like you know, like I, I don't want to belabor this, but this this creates people in a place of privilege to say, "What's what? You can go. to I went to school when it was hot. 
like it, while they're sitting in their air conditioning offices making these calls. And I'm just saying, like, it creates another level of, you know, you can call it inherent racism. You can call it what you want. But it's just another way for people to say, uh, just get your butt to school, no matter <laughs> how hot it is, you know? Yeah, well, I tell you, this and Come that, that discussion con- is not just about me. We are a board. In 2020, that's, that's the thing air I want you to remember. Air conditioning in the schools. 2020, we're is going to cool it. you down. The country's hot. Everybody's running hot. James Ragland is going to cool you, you down. You can say James Ragland's going to cool you down. Listen, the Board of Education is working to cool you down right now. <laughs> I am telling you that. Listen, if we had, I'm if done, we were with, able, I'm done with both of y'all. If we were both able, if we were able to wave a magic wand and have it and have air conditioning in every one of our schools, we would do it. But My you're daughter, canceling school. Well, hey, you're, listen. You're, you're, that, you're that taking kids out of the classroom because you can't keep a comfortable temperature that is conducive that, to learning. Listen, my daughter goes to Eastmore, okay? Listen, Wait. And Eastmore is a building without air conditioning. Right. And so... Most of I, them are. You, you think you're being tough on me about this issue. Just wait until you hear from Nia Ragland <laughs> about it. I mean, to okay. tell you, okay? But listen, we'll we're, we're working... Yeah, there you go. We're working diligently to do everything that we can to make that happen. And, you know, and the one thing that I, I do want to encourage people, and this is a shameless plug, so thank you, Scott and Lucas, for allowing me to have the opportunity. Well, okay, we're going to have, and we're having several of these, portraits of a graduate that are occurring throughout the entire city where we are allowing the community to come in and give us unfiltered feedback around what they would like to see, not only of a graduate of Columbus City Schools, but of our schools themselves. And, you know, this gives the community another opportunity to engage with us. And we know air conditioning, and not just air conditioning, right, but building quality is at the forefront of the minds of not just our parents, but other aspects of this community as well. And we deserve quality schools and quality buildings throughout the entire city. I don't want one child going to a substandard school in the city of Columbus. And that's a that's a really tough job. But like I said before, there can be no excuses to making this happen. There can be no excuses. We know that the public right now is engaged with us in helping us to solve some problems. I think we've got a lot of momentum with Columbus City Schools because of the the new board that was elected, because of the new superintendent, because of the way that not just our parents and the communities are looking at us as a district and what we could do moving forward, but our business community is engaged in helping us to lockstep move our schools forward. It's a wonderful time to be a part of our school district, and now's the time to galvanize around not just our buildings, but the educational outcomes that we have for our students as well. So it's a board. It's not just look me. At him. Look it's at the him. board. He's, he's ready to run. I'm just, I'm just waiting for the. I'm on fire for our he's, school he's, district. I mean, he's, I, I'm he's serious. He's we're, we're going to listen. We're going to solve a lot of problems, I, and I'm encouraged by the independent curriculum audit that will be coming forward to the public. I'm encouraged because it's going to allow us to address with specificity uh, uh, some of the things out, that we have needed. Where can the public can, is there somewhere like on will they be able oh, we're to gonna have, we're gonna have a large we're gonna have a large scale communications plan and you will know exactly what we're going to do so that the public will be able uh, to see where that is, access it, hear from us, give us feedback, engage and, and be empowered to help us with some of the solutions that we're going to bring to bear because the, the report uncovers some things that are systemic challenges. But we're going 
to solve these problems. We're going to solve them. All right. Well, thanks for coming in. And uh, co- yes, thanks thank for coming you. in again, James. Oh, goodness, and, man. And talk I, with I'm, us I'm honored to be a part of this. And you let guys, us uh, uh, beat up on you. We really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, man, it's fun. Thanks no, I don't, I don't feel beat up. I think you guys like having me because I can't necessarily keep my mouth shut. I'm probably no, too honest. No. We so like I don't, having I don't you necessarily give the politically correct answers, it, well, but I'm going to give you my opinion. Right. We like having you because <laughs> you will at least engage on topics that are drastically important to the public. Yes, they are. They are very and not, our, and our, not our just children. offer platitudes and, and yeah. politics speak. I mean, it's although some of it, I saw a little bit of a creep in, but that's all right. You've been in there for no, years. So. Our, maybe our, our children are our most vulnerable. Resource. He's looking very nice in yeah, his the, new glasses. The new glasses. <laughs> hey, you know, I ha- I had to dress up for you guys. I like you. We I'll, appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks again for everybody else um, out there for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to check us out on our Facebook page at Facebook slash group slash Other Side Podcast. Or you can always hit us up on Twitter at Other Side underscore POD. And then you'll find a bunch of photos and some past episodes and some extra stuff. Uh, so go check it out. I think you'll really like and- it. Try to enjoy the other side. Thanks. Thanks.